the grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast on today's show. The women's team give us the most memorable match of the summer by decimating India, so much so that we immediately forget and disregard the 3-0 series loss offered up by our pathetic men. Australia winning World Cups on a Sunday evening in March in a packed MCG. Have we ever felt safer? We're talking dropping World Cups, Labu Skakni hundreds, England and Sri Lanka, Jofra out of the IPL and figuring out the Sheffield Shield points system. There are so many hashtag RCDC this week that it actually may overshadow the fact that we have Elisa Healy on the show, Peter Siddle's on the show, and Nathan Lyon is on the show, who is answering some of your questions, random strangers from the internet. Of course, this is all thanks to Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com.au. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm here. Right in front of me is Sam Perry, television Sam Perry. Hmm. Pez, how are you? Very well, thanks, Ian. Wonderful to be here. Uh, here we are in Bondi, actually, ahead yeah, of, of the... Uh, Premiere yeah. of the test run by Amazon right. who one day um, well completely dominate sports rights. So one day. who are we than to um, be two guys who just merely support that effort? Yeah, I like the, I like people supporting the arts. Mm. This, <laughs> this is the arts. Mm. Um, we should say I, I, I still feel an adrenaline high from coming off uh, speaking to Peter Siddle and, and uh, Nathan Lyon, and also, mm. um, well, you'll find out who oh, popped so. in. If you've seen the internet already, you already know who's going to pop in. But uh, a little special treat there. And also, Elisa Healy, yeah. immediately after winning player of the match in the World Cup final. Mm. Um, but Pez, the intro question this week is actually hashtag RTDC. Yeah, as it should be. Uh, Ross Williams writes in, he says, What is the oldest acceptable age to play fun but serious, uh, serious games of backyard cricket, excluding Christmas and Australia Day? P.S. I averaged 31.5 in third grade. <laughs> Completely irrelevant well, to the question. No, it's not. Oh, okay. And this is where I was going to start. He goes, okay. Oh, 30, 31.5. Oh, fucking all right. Not bad, yeah. Yeah. That'd probably put him in the top five averages across the country. How good a two's going, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Top Th- five averages it in the would. country. I mean, if you look at it, lower grade cricketers or grade cricketers don't score runs. Like yeah. the 200's a good score yes. in grade cricket, but we all just measure ourselves by Australian test players yeah. in the 90s. Yes. Uh, oh, I average high 40s, do you? Yeah. Do you? You'll play New South Wales if you do that. Mm. Now, um, <laughs> the key word here is so sweet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> key word here is acceptable. Um, what's yeah. the oldest acceptable age? It's acceptable age. And also my other issue with the question is I don't know what fun but serious means. Those two things are mutually exclusive. Yes. Um, I'm torn because the true answer is, you know, if you, like the true answer to this question is if you enjoy it, go for it. Nothing matters in the scheme of life. We're very insignificant and that should embolden you to be yourself and enjoy life exactly how you want to as long as it doesn't harm others. So, you know, 7, 17, 27, 47, 87, whatever. If you enjoy cricket, go for but it. what's the real answer? But for the sake of the tone of this cast, the answer is about 16. Uh, and even then you'd raise, raise eyebrows um, and probably query the hard drives. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like they, they filmed Manus playing garage cricket with his mates the other day. Oh, yeah. And like it, it was newsworthy because it's wrong. It looks wrong yeah. you know, for an adult to be doing that and enjoying it, like smiling in a juvenile way. Mm. Uh, you know, they should be contributing to an ailing economy, which has since been beset by coronavirus, which we'll touch right. on later. Yeah. Uh, you know, not being adults like playing backyard cricket, filming catches and setting it to incongruous music and publishing it on TikTok. <laughs> That's my answer, Ross. Mate, one of the most disconcerting things about the Women's World Cup... <laughs> okay. What a place to start. <laughs> ...was, like, they're constantly smiling on the field. They're yeah. happy. 
And I'm sure it's easy when you're clearly the best team in the world. Mm. Uh, it's, that's probably an easy thing to do. But just the amount of times like Elisa Healy through the tournament was just laughing mm. in yeah. like to Beth this? Mooney when she's... Uh, uh, what's going on? What's this? Wait, what's this? It's cricket. Yeah, it's, is it? It's cricket like I've never seen before. <laughs> and this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, should we get yeah, into 16. it? Yeah, um, 16. Yeah, please, yeah. Now, where do you want to start with the Women's World Cup? I'll, I'll get, should we start with the semi-finals? Because I know yeah. the, the, the way the, the, way the, the okay. tournament is structured and we do our podcast, and obviously they didn't factor that in the ICC, is when the Great Cricket Podcast gets released, which they should have done, is the semi-final day. Um, on, that was on a Thursday in Sydney, wasn't it? And it then was. the final was on a Sunday. That's right, yeah. That's so, right. So the, the washouts of the semi-final, India and England, and then Australia managed to get a full game in, just all 13 overs, I suppose. Um, was a remarkable thing in that, like, I mean, how fortunate were Australia to even make it to the final? Yeah, it was pretty funny, uh, to be honest. Pretty funny. It was It was funny on a kind of, yeah, the, the hashtag banter level. Yeah. Um, very funny straight got on England didn't. Like, there absolutely should have been a reserve day. Let's yeah. just make no bones about that. Just mm-hmm. echo what anyone with half a brain has mm-hmm. said. Um, Gideon did a good piece. Uh, through the week, as you know, don't even need to say that, but uh, sure. he told a story from the Oval in 1968 where England, you know, the fifth <laughs> of course test. He did. Of course, of course, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. But he was, to- he was oh, talking the 68 about Oval test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, England needed to get on and bowl Australia out, but it was pissing down into right. the final day. And Colin Cowdery is England captain. He's literally out uh, on the <laughs> on the pavilion with a megaphone to the crowd saying, "Get out on the field if you've got blankets <laughs> and stuff. Start mopping up the field." And right. everybody did. They got on. They bowled Australia out with five minutes to spare. And Gideon was saying, "You know, if that happened today, you'd you'd need to have accreditation. You know, the women with um, needles would, would wouldn't get past security, etc." So he was just sort of saying, "Yeah, we live in a culture of compliance over cricket now, and there should have been a reserve day." But yeah. England didn't get on. Australia did. You're going to enjoy it, aren't you? And uh, the other thing I want to say about this Africa game, yeah. a bit of a um, maybe a bit of a hipster point, but um, I don't think this has been raised. South Africa are on their way to winning that game, I felt. Like they, they'd put a few, uh, strung together a few 10, 11 run overs. Yeah. And Delissa Kaminsk yeah. came on a bowl, three yeah. overs to go, yeah. and uh, and went for five. It was a clutch over. Yeah. Changes of pace, mm. changed the entire um, kind of rhythm of yeah. that. They then went on to hit sort of 10 off the next couple of overs as well, yeah. and Australia won by five runs. Yeah. No one's really mentioned that over, true, I feel. true. It was a very, very good over, high skill, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Also, 10 to 13 overs, a match was good. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. a penalty shootout. If dot balls had value. Yeah. The roller coaster gradient was sharper. Yeah. Test cricket's tantric. Mm. This was. So this 20 was overs is too much. Need to dial it down a bit. 15 is going to be a little bit. Yeah, there's still some middle overs there at 15. Like, there's no middle overs at the 12 over. 55 game. minutes in innings. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's compatible yeah. for a, a couple of ads in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mate, I, I, I mean, first of all, is there anything more satisfying than making it through to a final without having to bowl a ball? Yes. That's one of the great victories. Yeah. I, was, I would have encouraged you to sing the team song on the square, on the mm. covers, um, to, to celebrate making it through the final. Mm. I was also thinking, like, Australia have won the tournament without having to play England. Um, mm. They had to play against South Africa, who uh, are not a fully professional um, entity yet. So they won that game. And then they just beat India, who, I mean, India weren't even close in the final, were they? But... Um, there, there is, there is an interesting thing about the the reserve day. So the the fifty over World Cup that's just happened in England or last year, twenty nineteen. There was a reserve day for the semi finals. That's how New Zealand made it through because otherwise, had there not been a reserve day, India would have gone through because they didn't play enough overs in the first day, or whatever. Uh, subsequently, been announced that um, there is no reserve day in the men's T twenty uh, World Cup later this year. I fucking bet there will be later. 
I bet there will be by the time it comes around again. So Cricket's the most cooked game. It's, We're even mate, talking about this. It's the stupidest mate, game. Uh, the laws. I can't. I can't. It's a game of laws, not rules. Uh, I was even thinking like, so what about this for a scenario, Pez? Okay. What about this? So the, the first game was called off, right? Yeah. First game was called off early. And there was still probably about 90 minutes before the scheduled start of the 7 o'clock game, the Australia-South Africa second semi-final. Now, what happened if it had cleared up? If, the, if it had cleared up for... Um, for rain, and know. then it rained at 7 o'clock. Could they have started, or they I had to start at 7 o'clock? I don't know, man. Probably had to start at 7 o'clock. Uh, the rules know. are fucked, man. Yeah. Just like, what about a rain break? Oh, no, we'll, still, we'll take lunch now. Yeah. yeah. We've been off for four days. No, we'll take tea. Yeah. Oh, well. You know, it was a victory to be savoured because somebody else also suffered deeply and they <laughs> happened to be our rival. And that's just that's the rule I can get behind. And, yeah. and it will come to bite us in the ass at some point and England will, you know, absolutely exploit that as they should. Now, let's talk about the World Cup final, Pez. Okay. Um, geez, it was good. It was, the, it, was, it was actually the semi-final was probably the match of the summer. In the Australian summer as a whole, men's, women's, grade, shires, park. Mm-hmm. It was Sub-districts. the best match. Sub-districts, it was the best match. The okay. semi-final was the most enjoyable match that's been on television this summer. Discuss. For, for Australia, from an Australian perspective. The Gabba-Pakistan yeah. test was pretty good as well. <laughs> that second session, it was good. Day three. Listen, look, with this, I mean, this is, it was one of the great days in Australian cricket history, winning the final. The final, yeah. Um, and not only that, they won the Australian way. They destroyed the opposition. Batted never first. Get, never giving a sniff yet. Um, complete control, safety. I was tucked in bed on Sunday night <laughs> feeling safer than I had all summer for a number of summers. I like the idea of you being tucked into bed as well. Well, I tucked myself because well, of safety. <laughs> Wife <Yeah>. tucked me. <laughs> she was long asleep. I'm, just, I'm telling you. Australia's won the World Cup, yeah. Sam. You tried to, tried to uh, convince Tori to watch the games. International Women's Day, very staunch, staunch yep. feminist, yep. as should be. Yep. And... Um, and I was like, you know, this is this is this is, this is a mm-hmm. like a historic day, mm-hmm. Tori. I was with her mum as well. Mm-hmm. Watched the game. She's like, no, it's cricket. <laughs> Still cricket. <laughs> that's, that's right. Still got to overcome some I, barriers. I exercise my independent thought on that. Okay, right, you win. Um, <laughs> NASA Hussain, biggest game in women's cricket history, yeah. and they produce a faultless display. Yeah, it was thorough, comprehensive. Mm. Magnificent. Just on that, NASA's good, isn't he? He's good. NASA's a good comp. We should try and get him. He, is he unattainable? He's oh, probably unattainable. He was in the country. I don't know. Yeah. Um, speaking of other commentators who are good, now I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah. Michael Clark commentated yeah, well. I, and I agree. And, and my theory is that he is not you know, beset yes. um, by mate protection, yeah. uh, the unwritten laws of protecting mates while commentating. Yep. He was, we were merely hearing the mm. tactical thoughts of mm. Australia's most aggressive captain of the modern era mm-hmm. and they were quite interesting to listen to. Agreed. It was just, um, he, he actually, with a lot of those shackles put on and just cricket talk, mm. it was really interesting to listen to. Mm. Anyway, looking forward to tuning into him on the big sports brekkie mate, uh, I, with Laurie Daly. Mate, I agree. Mate, we, we, we should talk about Elisa Healy's batting. Uh, as, we as will. She's, she's yeah, we're, sorry, we're just talking about NASA, but let's go. Let, yeah, Elisa, sorry, my, yeah. my bad. I just think about who else we can get mm. on the show because we've yeah. We've only got three, yeah. uh, four actually enormously mm. successful in international cricket. But, but we'll show. talk first. But we'll say. talk first. Yeah, that's right. This is our that's show. Good. Yeah. Our show. Um, Elisa Healy, which, which, was, which was your favourite six, Pez? She hit one. It was an 83 yeah. metre one We're over the line. This, that was yeah. clean. Well, when I saw that. The correct answer, to keep, though, is, oh, We know what the correct answer is. Let's say it on three. Hmm. One, two, three. The cover I drive. drive. <laughs> 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 I... Um, when she hit the first six that went for 83 metres, I yeah. like was I Didn't had like three it. glasses of red and I wrote into oh, my notes, really? fucking reply guys haven't hit an 83 metre six. <laughs> reply Re- <guys>. Yeah. 
And then, as we've said, Nor won over cover as well. Mm. And uh, I did enjoy a tweet from Dan Liebke, mm. and he tweets very, very well. Um, he said, you know, Healy's ruining the World Cup the way Stark did in 2015. Um, mm. And arguably um, mm. ruined it much worse you know, than her husband as well. So, mm. um, Well, I did ask her about that when we, we speak to her in a moment's time. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, at... at no point. I mean, it has a. I mean, I guess like the men's the men's World Cup twenty fifteen. The game was over in the first over when Stark bowled McCullum. But like this was just such a clinical decimation. It actually reminded me of the um, what was the World Cup in South Africa two thousand and three? That one when Ponting and Martin just went ballistic and was like, "Well, India aren't getting these." Mm. Isn't it great? Australia batting first, having a stick, mm. whacking him everywhere, mm. seeing the ball fly around. You just in control. The safety of it. Oh. It was good. It was good to pull. Well, oh, and I mean, it's fucking March. It's taking me to March to get here. I mean, I'm looking forward to the men's one days. You know, on the weekend against New Zealand. Um, oh, but, absolutely. But but the safety of that just. Oh, well, good. it kind of it's goes good. a level above safety because we've been talking about this concept of safety uh, in terms of returning to what we used to enjoy yeah. and wanting to feel safe again. But the next level above safety is actually getting bullish. I was oh, watching okay, yeah. Healy just hit six sixes or whatever it was. Yeah. I was starting to get confident. I was yeah. starting to sort of alpha my son again <laughs> and just talk back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Australia yeah. was succeeding in the cricket. Yeah. It, this is the spin-off effect that it can have and this is very helpful for our economy in the current coronavirus uh, mm. issue. But, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Mm. Yeah, it was obviously a wonderful um, – <laughs> It was just, it was just it, the whole the whole thing was excellent. Uh, a little bit, um, you know. Th- what about the record crowd? Yeah. Sorry, so record crowd for an Australian women's yeah. uh, event just fell short of the world record. Time, yeah. I wouldn't mind it if they fudged numbers like Trump. Yeah. You know, and just said no, 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 whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't dare do it again. No, um, you know, there was, um, yeah, like you know. 90k at Trump's rally too, um, and you know oh, play, yeah. playing Dancing Queen, Motown, Aretha Franklin, mm. it's better than Big Bash stuff. I, mean, yeah. you know, I did see articles earlier in the day going, "Well, Katy Perry was playing so well, you know, the record mightn't be legitimate." Like you can only read that in like Professor Frink voice yeah. you know, from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think um, like I was just thinking, like, has a team ever fucking decimated another team more in the entire history? Like. Uh, like they literally smashed India. The game was over after about 15 minutes. Then they had a Katy Perry concert where the team got up on stage in full kit and danced to a couple of tunes. Mm. Like whilst India were probably packing up their kits. Mm. I mean, that is just a complete decimation of another team. It was it was amazing. I, I, I want to read another tweet that Russell Jackson wrote. Go on um, then. He said, when, when Australia's champion, this is serious, when Australia's champion women cricketers returned from India with the 1997 World Cup, they were presented with the bill for their trip. Mm. In the years since, they've knocked down every obstacle that prevented nights like this. How great that these players and now where they belong. So you you could argue that in that social context that it's bigger than Australia's decimation of every other team in South Africa in 03 and the men. Not that the comparisons are even necessary, but it's obviously bigger than just the win. Uh, it's a it's it just breaking more barriers and, and excellent to see. You know, that the and that victory has got has had many fathers, you know, many people have come mm-hmm. out and said, Oh yeah, look, I was part of it, you know, mm-hmm. from a long time ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. We definitely weren't one, but we've jumped on and mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So it's our success as well, um, mate. Should we talk? Oh, good about on Channel Nine actually for putting maths on. Yeah, yeah, uh, the maths channel. On the secondary channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's good stuff. Um, well done. What about um, what you know, Verma uh, dropping <laughs> that catch in the third, dropping the catch in the third ball. Healy crunched it straight to cover. Mm. Catch it in matches. Mm. I was kind of thinking like the Australian, the Australian team f- are so far ahead of every other team that I've seen this World Cup in the fielding department. Yeah, they, they, they're just more athletic. NASA yeah. actually said that during the commentary. They just, look at them; yeah. they're just so much more athletic. Actually, speaking of athleticism, Kimmins is just athlete. Yeah, Kimmins' rig is just just athletic. 
weaponry, good arm, Yorkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking like a thesaurus now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, synonyms. What are other words? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and don't forget, you know, she came in for, for Perry, yeah, really. Yeah. So she's performed uh, amazingly well, but shows the depth. The other cricketer that I like, Jess Johnson. Jess Johnson, she's a good cricketer. Yeah, she's, she's a really good, good cricketer. Really good, good shapes, good yeah. um, good movement. Just the movement of mm. a very, very good cricketer. Strikes me as someone to be good at other sports. Yeah, one of those. that's right. Mm. That's right. Um, Taylor Vlemick. Uh, was out of the World Cup beforehand. She was in a boot, wasn't she? Yeah. Actually, we actually got a uh, photo in the DMs from um, her brother James. I presume brother James. Yeah, there um, wouldn't be many. Who was wearing um, Elise Perry's jersey and had a photo <laughs> with Elise afterwards. Nice. Not his sister. Nice. Uh, and he just said, "This is this is presented <laughs> to you without comment." So, <laughs> That's so nice. Probably not allowed to talk about that, but uh, nice. you know, there we go, broadcast. Anyway, um, we did speak to uh, Elisa Healy uh, yesterday after uh, the World Cup final win, and uh, and here she is now. All right, we're joined now by five-time World Cup winner and player of the match from Sunday's famous victory at the MCG after a demolition job of India there at the MCG. Uh, presuming right now she's probably under 75 magnums of champagne um, and we will go through the blow-by-blow circuit uh, details because uh, that's all of our listeners want to hear about the World Cup winning circuit, a circuit that many of us can only ever dream about. But Alisa Healy, welcome back to The Great Cricketer. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm torn because I've, I've just been scrolling Twitter and I've just seen Molly Strano still wearing her, her circuit boots from last night in Fed Square. Um, so <laughs> I don't know whether to go straight into the circuit or, or, or talk about the match itself. But I suppose we, we probably should talk about the cricket that happened on Sunday afternoon. First of all, huge congratulations um, from us here at the Great Cricket. It must be uh, an incredible feeling. Yeah, thank you very much. I think, um, yeah, it was uh, it was an absolute buzz of a, of a day and a night and... Um, an experience that uh, every single person that was there will, will never forget. And uh, obviously to, to win a World Cup was um, obviously amazing, especially on home soil. But uh, I guess to cap it all off with dancing with Katy Perry on stage was um, something we'd never thought we'd do. <laughs> I, I, I want to know about the Katy Perry thing. Like, how did that come about? I mean, I saw like, you know, Strano and Molyneux just going off on stage. Uh, but like, has there ever been a, a bigger decimation of a, of a team by winning a World Cup final? Uh, then you know after about nine overs and then just going to a Katy Perry concert immediately afterwards in full kit. Well, in all seriousness, it felt like yesterday was uh, a Katy Perry concert with a little bit of cricket in between. <laughs> so for us, it was sort of uh, we've done our part and now we can go and join her on stage and be her backup dancers. So um, as you can see by the footage, that some enjoyed it a little more than others. But um, mm. oh, Soph and Molly were were in their element, and you mentioned her going out boots but I'm pretty sure they came from one of the backup dancers from Katy Perry so I don't know how she sourced them but um, it was uh, just an, an amazing night I just for Katy Perry to be so welcoming of us on stage as well and um, pretty much let Sophie Molyneux cut her off at one point and take the limelight uh, was pretty cool <laughs> I saw um, I saw Rachel Haynes as well was doing was she was getting drug tested during during that that um, during the concert I mean talk about FOMO that must be the worst timing in the history of drug tests we yeah we had no idea either. I think someone at some point said, "I feel like we're missing someone," but because the squad of group, the squad of players is so large, mm. we actually genuinely forgot it was her. And mm. um, she was pretty unimpressed this morning when we were all showing videos and um, oh photos of last night, and she was spewing in the bath. <laughs> Not good. Oh, the worst kind of FOMO. All right, well, I mean, we should talk about your seventy-five yesterday. One of the one, probably one of your most memorable innings. I mean, Jesus Christ, Elisa, how cleanly did you hit them yesterday? I mean, I want to talk about mainly the six-over cover. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I put on Twitter, my own Twitter, that I mean, I had to open up in that, in that, in that in the private tab. It was just the cleanest six over cover I've ever seen. But I want to know first off. I mean, you was obviously dropped after the third ball. I mean, did you did you give it the Steve War side mouth? You know, to to Verma, you've just dropped the World Cup. Did you say that? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, did you think about um, it? Oh, I didn't think about it. No, I'm, I'm not that kind of player, I swear. But I okay. honestly could not have hit that ball any harder. So whoever was at cover, I was thinking, mm. good luck to them. Mm. It's um, oh, unfortunate for her. But look, for me, I, I just enjoyed the experience out there and was going to try and hit everything for six anyway. So thankfully, yeah. it, it went to the grass. Did you have any sense of like? I mean, I know you've been asked this a few times, but did you have a sense of, of of you know when it was on? I mean, did you did you ask Sharma after her fourth ball, her first her fourth uh, full toss? You know, is it spinning much? You know, did you did you did you get a sense that you know after that maybe a few nerves from the Indians like today was going to be a day? I uh, it was funny because I said to Moons, um, I think what it was two full tosses in a row, and mm. I think I got a single and. Uh, I walk down the wicket, and as you do as a cricketer, you pretend like you're, you know, cleaning the wicket or patting mm. it down. And I said to me, she's more nervous than us, Cassie. So we, um, <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed that. There were a few nerves out there, and we sort of were able to get settled, I suppose. Mm, there was, um, there was a, a report. Uh, was, there were some words on Crick Info this morning about uh, apparently you got a massive send off from the Indians when you got off. I mean, I think the score was about none for two hundred and eighty-five when you were dismissed, so the game was done. But is that true? Do they, do they give you a send off? Uh, I did get a little bit of a dog pool, which mm-hmm. uh, I expect uh, every time I walk out to play cricket. So I was okay with that. It was nice that they were passionate mm. um, when the score was one for 100. So, um, <laughs> oh, look, uh, they were within their rights to do that. But from my point of view, it just reinforced the fact that we were ahead of the game. So it was, mm. um, yeah. Nice of them to do it then, but we were already uh, well ahead of the game at that point. Yeah, well, catches win matches, as 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 they say. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, what about what about Ash Gardner's catch uh, catches as a final catch? There's, there's a great sort of um, above above the ground footage of, of everyone sort of running towards Ash as she was as she was coming in. By the way, it was a pretty decent catch that ball running in, probably thirty meters or so, dropping out of the night sky. I mean, that must have been just sheer jubilation that the game was over and you could go to that Katy Perry concert. Yeah, well, um, I think the ultimate professionalism of the group is that you know ultimately we probably won that won that game very early on, mm. um, but for us to hang in there and finish it on our terms, I think was the best part. And yeah, and yeah you're right; it was a ripping catch to finish it, and it sort of ended the way that we wanted it to, that we could run in and celebrate. Mm. I think at the end of the day, if they had have blocked out that over and it yeah. sort of fizzled out, it wouldn't have been as fun. So yeah. um, it was nice of them to, to kick one up in the air for us and we could celebrate properly. And like you said, um, carry on so that Katie Perry could get on there and we could celebrate <laughs> with her. <laughs> I was thinking that second last over because they, they did block a couple and I was thinking this is the most great cricket way to end a game. Just block it out, nine down, a couple of red inks for numbers nine and nine and 11 at the crease. Um, let's... Uh, I, Okay, we, we have we have to get into the circuit. We have to get into what happened. I mean, you know, what, what was there? Was there a dress code? Was it full kit uh, on the way out there? Were you wearing your gloves? You know, helmet. Uh, you know, who held the trophy the longest? Did someone go home with the trophy? Uh, tell us, tell us every single detail that you're allowed to. Um. Oh well, it was definitely full kit for as long as possible. I think a few of the yeah. girls um, we probably only got back from the MCG about three thirty. So. Uh, from then on, it was not allowed full kit. You had to go out in casual gear because everyone was in disgraceful state. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it was just a really fun time to stay at the MCG. It's not every day we get to play there in front mm. of 
a heap of people and to celebrate together as a group. So we, we made sure we did that and um, I'm pretty sure Aaron Burns uh, rocked straight into the breakfast buffet at 7.30 straight from the circuit tonight. So I'm going to say she's probably the stronger up. <laughs> I saw there was, there was a lot of sunglasses happening at Fed Square today. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was a sunny day and all, but yeah, just covering up a couple of bloodshot eyes. Um, I mean, I mean, as, as I said at the top, this is your fifth World Cup, which is insane that you have that many medals. Um, I mean, obviously, this is the best one. Eighty six thousand people yesterday. Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of hard to, to compare, I'm sure, for you because you know, for instance, that one of the West Indies where um, I think all the men's players were there for the West Indies one, weren't they against um, against New Zealand? So that I mean, that would have yeah, been. 2010. 2010. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, so much. So I mean, the women's game has come along so much since then. But uh, I guess I'm kind of asking, like, is it going to be hard to sort of go from 86,000 people that euphoric, insane moment to kind of going back to, you know, uh, more more traditional size crowns at uh, you know Junction Oval or, or North Sydney Oval or whatever? Yeah. Well, funnily enough, we we actually fly to South Africa on Sunday, so mm-hmm. going from 86,000 people to maybe 12 and it. Mm. A couple of dogs at the ground in uh, in the middle of South Africa could be a, a nice a nice reality check for us, but sure. um, oh, I don't think it'll be hard going back to that. I think we'll just enjoy what yesterday was. It was an unbelievable day for not only us as creators, but but females in this country and mm. um, to celebrate together. So um, oh, we'll enjoy that. But uh, look, give me North Sydney any day; it's always <laughs> fun there. With small boundaries, yeah. I mean, given the hitting him eighty three yeah. meters of the MCG, I'm sure you can you can clip the thirty five meter boundary where the tree is at North Sydney Oval, yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't quite run out of the ground there yet, so maybe that's uh, not yet. Just leave the yet there as well. Just leave it there. It's all possibilities, yep. all for the future. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, um, you know, we go without saying that obviously your husband Mitch was there yesterday. I mean, famous wicket for him in 2015. You know, he took he took two for twenty in that game. Um, against New Zealand in 2015, mm. but he's sort of remembered for that one wicket. You, however, just blasted 75 and one player of the match. I mean, is he aware that you've completely outfit him? <laughs> he is very aware. Um, <laughs> I think judging by the amount of surfies he drank last night, I think he was feeling he was feeling that way, and he was uh, way more proud of me than I was of him back then. I think so. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's well aware of that, and he speaks about it openly. So I'm sure I can say that to you as well. <laughs> well, Lisa, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there because I could only imagine the kind of um, the kind of day that you're having today. I would give anything for a World Cup uh, winners' victory circuit uh, that, that should go for six, seven days. It's terrible. You have to go play cricket in South Africa on Sunday. But um, on behalf of everyone who listens to our show and Sam and Sam and I, the great cricketer, congratulations not only for for what happened on Sunday, but the way you guys have carried yourselves the entire tournament and and for years and years and, and just congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. It's much appreciated. Wonderful to speak to five-time World Cup. Five times. Mm, fucking hell, Nice. Man. Five-time World Cup winner, Lisa Healy, and thanks for giving up the time uh, to speak to her. When you... Thanks to CA as well, I should Good say. Point. Turn that around very quickly. Good put in point. a request um, very soon after the match, and they made the player of the match available for us. So yeah. I think kudos there. Yeah, kudos to us for... Making that happen. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, mate, let's get on to the South Africa versus Australia um, ODI series. Australia lost 3-0. Now, we could we could, we could talk to the cows come home about this series. Oh, man. Announce. Every the winners, ball. The winners, the losers. Every single ball. Have you ever, you know, like when you're driving and you, you'll go through a light and then about 15 seconds later, you're like, I don't know if that was red. <laughs> 
I'm laughing I, because I have no affiliation I, with that <laughs> idea. I, I couldn't no. tell you if that was green or red just then. Don't mm. know what had just happened. That's what this whole series has been for me. It's been the mm. fucking the light that gets flashed in the eyes like from uh, Men in Black. It's that nice. thing. Anyway, we had a question in from a South African fan. I think he's, uh, his name was uh, Mark De Jaeger, I think it is. Right. Uh, okay. I, I didn't put it down. I, th- I, think, I think it's Mark. Well, let's understand this series through that question. So I'll sure. give it a read. A little bit of a short story. So let's see how we go. Here we go. Uh, Dear TJC, I'm writing to you from South Africa as a self-professed cricket nuffy and long-time listener. Whilst this may be a surprise to you um, that you have listeners in South Africa, not to mention ones willing to admit to it, <laughs> I can assure you I'm not alone. I know of at least one other person who listens to the show. Nice. You may have successfully cracked the South African market, even though it is just the two of us. Now, I have a few pressing matters to discuss. Firstly, I would like to take this opportunity to gloat at our national team's recent whitewash of Australia. Whilst I do understand that this series could not possibly mean less in the grand scheme of things, I nevertheless need to try and extract every ounce of enjoyment (laughs) from this possible. I would like to bring to your attention that since 2016, Australia has beaten South Africa the exact amount of times my dad watched one of my cricket matches. I'll leave that number up to you. With the coronavirus arriving at our doorstep just this week and our Minister of Health advising us to combat it through handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs, we need the distraction. Next, I would like to address a friend of the podcast, Adam Zampa. I, being somewhat of a rare unit myself and humanitarian in general, decided to reach out over DM to Zampa, extending him the opportunity to meet and have coffee in Johannesburg during his recent trip here. This message was met with stone-cold indifference and no response was forthcoming. Don't meet your heroes, folks. Lastly, I'd like to make reference to a delightfully written piece courtesy of Andre Milan, brother of recent centurion Janaman Milan. This novella is a triumph of modern literature and the spirit of cricket. Some of the highlights include the following. Look up, look within, and get up. Here is where the special ones live, on that razor-thin line between order and chaos, where they have to contend with the dragon of chaos that hoards the gold, where when they are at the entrance of the point of the forest that looks darkest to them and the Holy Grail is somewhere within the castle, they are yet able to find or lay eyes on. When they peer over the edge into the abyss and all the abyss allows them to see his past failure and past catastrophe. Mm. On 4th March 2020, Yanaman Milan contended, competed and slayed the dragon. He became the first man in history to rise from Death Valley and lift himself onto the ultimate peak. Another world record. For everyone else, it was the first time they witnessed this, but not for him, dot, dot, dot. Close inverted commas. I think any listener of the show can respect living vicariously through a more talented, more successful friend slash relative, and Andre's effort to do so should be commended. Even if he ends up not reaching the heights of his brothers, he has etched himself into the rich tapestry of cricket in the form of a Facebook post that has had to date that has to date been shared eight times. <laughs> In closing, I would like to pose this question to you. With Brexit possibly sending back some of our best and the recent demolition of the Australian team, are we witnessing the birth of a South African juggernaut destined to defeat our World Cup demons? Or will climate change claim us all before we get the opportunity to inevitably do so? From this Saffa to you, cheers, champ. Great question, Mark. Um, And that sums up the entire series just neatly in a lot of ways. Um, Hopefully this gets shared more than eight times. Um, well, let's. I'll answer the, the last question. Are we witnessing the birth of a South African juggernaut destined to defeat our World Cup demons? Wouldn't have thought so. No. Um, <coughs> secondly, hmm. I reached out to Adam Zampa. Is what I want to talk about. <laughs> the rare unit himself. Yeah. Uh, stone cold indifference and no response for forthcoming. Don't meet your heroes. Well, Mark, you didn't. And Adam didn't want to meet you, and mm. I'd be I'd be concerned. I'd be speaking to Zorba mm. uh, if uh, he was just meeting strangers from the internet after a DM slid. Yeah. Slide. So so uh, 
like I've got a, a bit I want to pick up on that as well because sure. it's obviously really well written, etc. Seems it's well written, Mark. like he has a you know well done. IQ's probably above 120. You've made that very clear. Yeah. Um, Good flex. And also, just on the Zampa thing, you know, trust me, brother, you're not the only one who gets a couple of blue bombers from Zampa. <laughs> um, Is that what we're like, calling them there? A couple of blue bombers? A <laughs> couple of blue bombers. I'm into it. Well, Zampa's, uh, <laughs> like, to be fair, um, Mark, is that, that's his name, um, yeah. you, you, you've, you've literally never met him and you expected him to meet you and get coffee yeah. and you've framed it as he didn't take the opportunity to meet you. <laughs> it's a missed just opportunity. Just fucking cojones on that. <laughs> Like, did you think your overwritten prose would sufficiently charm him into taking time out of his day on an international tour to get coffee with you? Like, most people ask for an autograph or selfie. You've asked for about two hours of his time, door to door, calling yourself a humanitarian. Like, incredible bordering on deluded confidence. It's like, it'd be like saying, like, yeah, man, I DM'd Sachin when he was out here. Didn't want to get a coffie. Yeah. You didn't want to go over hit. I just wonder who else this guy's DM'd. <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> well, us, apparently. staggered yeah. that they haven't gone and gotten coffee with him. I'm I'm big into the South African confidence. The Me alpha, too. The, the alpha nature of South Africa, yeah. I don't think is... I, I'm not sure if they're aware of how alpha their culture is. Maybe they are, I don't know. But I feel like this is... In, like everything about South African culture, from what I see... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, stereotyping I've, I've, them now. Stereotyping them now, and I'll speak yeah. to the entire population mm. in one go. Mm. On a podcast from a man who's never actually been mm. there. And doesn't you know watch the games that happen at night while we're asleep. Didn't even know the series was on. Yeah. Not gonna lie to you, Pez. Watching mm. the World Cup final when I was feeling safe, tucked into bed. <laughs> now I'm tucked into bed for some reason. Um but I, I just like the confidence of this. Deeming yeah. international players, yeah, you want to catch up for a coffee? Is it yeah, it's it's funny with South Africa, isn't well, it? Because like oh, well, Macchiato? Three quarters. I've always respected South Africa begrudgingly, and it's because, mm. no doubt, that we see, us, we see ourselves in them. <laughs> you know, it's like going out with someone who looks like you. You're really dating yourself. <laughs> I've you never know? dated anyone who looks like me. Uh, I disagree. I don't know. Disagree. Well, a lot and, of mirrors uh, in my house. I disagree. Mostly on the ceiling. I sort of feel like South Africa are the only team not that scared of Australia. Yeah. But then whenever there's a big match on, they clearly are extremely scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we haven't even spoken about this. But, the South African but they have—they've they sw- swept us. They've swept us three 0 in the ODIs. We set them three. No, it's two one. Two one. Yeah, in the ODIs. You're right. Pardon me. Um, Australia's still playing 1996 ODI cricket, aren't they? No middle order bats. Can't yeah. really post a score above three hundred. Yeah. Bowling decently enough, but no fifty over skills to rack up three hundreds. That's that's my analysis. I'm trying to think like how close Australia are to. Um, I was just thinking because Manus obviously gets his hundred right, yeah. Um, and that was, I think, it was basically a home crowd for him. I think his family lived like really close to the ground, and uh, uh, the match they played before, he got a first ball duck, and there was stories about his family had driven five hours to to see the game, and he got a first ball, unfortunately. And then anyway, so he's playing this game, he gets a hundred. I was thinking this fucking Lobo Skuckney guy, he is fucking Australian cricketer in every format, probably. Well, maybe not T Twenties just yet, but in in ODIs and Tests, he he's playing cricket for Australia for ten years. Maybe more. And so you look at like the order, you got like if uh, he's, he batted number four in this game, <clears throat> Smith came in at three. But if you've got Marnus, Smith, you've got Warner, who's got a, obviously a patchy record away from home. I mean, if Australia has like one more batsman who can get, who can average 45 plus, Australia are a really strong team. I'm talking in test matches and ODIs. I mean, the bowling attack is excellent, obviously. Mm. But I think with, with Marnus now, this team is fucking, could be really good. And I say that after just being smashed 3 0. I'd have to just. For Ernest Cricket Chat, quickly slightly disagree on that batting analysis because I think that if you take the example of England, who who was you know pushed ODI yeah. cricket to the evolution that it is at the moment, yeah. it's basically like extending T Twenty cricket 
as yeah. far as you can. And guys, guys like even Owen Morgan, who's meant to be the uh, controller, is still like, oh, I'm, I'm striker 120. Yeah, you know, playing IPL and stuff like that. They're they're yeah. on a plane above with their batting. Yeah. They just they've got way more firepower. I think Australia needs to develop. Mm. All we need is middle order guys who can stroke it around when we need to, and also bat at 200. So simple. Yeah. So uh, so I'm talking about you look at okay the Finch Warner. Finch is I reckon Finch is still underrated. I, I think Finch is fucking pretty highly, don't they? Uh, I mean, he's captain. That's yeah. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't get the praise he deserves. Yeah. I mean, he's like getting into the echelon of like one of the greatest ODI players Australia's ever had. Uh, he's worth a lot of hundreds. Yeah. Um, you got Finch Warner top, Smith, Labuschagne. But I, yeah. as, to your point, is Labuschagne a little bit too Smithy. too Joe Rooty? Too yeah. too like too. He'll take him. He'll take him though. But it's after rate. that. It's it's basically four to seven, then, four to eight. Who are just like and Maxwell's not fifty overs anymore. Well, I guess he didn't play. Well, yeah, that's right. But yeah, then they're just kind of kind of lacking like a couple of bombers, mm. a couple of blue bombers, a couple of blue bombers. All right. Well, thanks for your question, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Um, mate, let's let's quickly get on to uh, mate. Needs a really deep dive the Sheffield Shield here, but I got one thing to say. Go on. Okay, so uh, Victoria's winning again. Um, th- it was absolutely criminal of us not to connect the dots with our Seb Gotch interview last week, <laughs> that, where he told us he was going to his brother's wedding on Saturday, mm. and he clearly missed a Shield game yeah. after hitting back to back tons yeah. to go to his brother's wedding. I think that's fantastic, and yeah. I think that's right in the uh, wheelhouse of just being yourself and doing what's actually important. Anyway, Sam Harper made runs. So if yeah. you spot back, <laughs> <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> I saw that Sam Harper got a 50 Didn't he Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You had something as well On, on Victoria Will Sutherland uh, Will Sutherland mm. um, Yeah he took six for uh, Which was a great result For him But obviously this is um, Purely for the attention Of his parents After that Annabelle's Just won the World Cup Rightly so uh, In front of 90,000 people At the MCG So, um, so. They like that. Actually um, Cam Bancroft's been Dropped from WA You see this I didn't see that actually. So it's, it's, it's only uh, Six seven months From he was Opening the batting In the Ashes um, And now he doesn't play For Western Australia anymore Hmm yeah, well. Mate, it's actually a bit of a dearth of opening bats from Australia because it just hasn't really worked That's out. That's a spot. Well, apparently Pukowski was going to open the batting in the Aussie game against England Lions before he pulled out. Okay. Um, so he, he might see an opening there as well if um, uh, you know he can overcome his quite serious and repeated injuries. Yeah. Mate, let's get into some other cricket news. Yeah, okay. Um, just quickly, uh, people are correcting our mistakes, nice. uh, which I really like. Uh, oh, I, you I, made another one just before. South Africa did sweep Australia 3-0 in the ODI series. So. Yeah, in the ODI series, yeah, but Australia won two one in the in the T Twenty series. Well, I've doubled up and made a mistake. Nice, cool. Look right, any more mistakes that have been made. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, so I'm sorry to the guy who, who made this comment to us. I, I didn't write your name down, but uh, in terms of what, what ball New Zealand use uh, over there, um, they obviously use the Kookaburra. And this guy wrote and says, "Same ball as you, you arrogant Aussie bastards." And I'm fucking big into that. <laughs> That's good. good. More it's of that, please. Good and it's correct. Good. Correct. Okay. So New Zealand use the Kookaburra, so it swings over there, does fuck all here. Um, the hashtag RCDC from a non, can you please pay respects to every cricket fan's OCD and how Kyron Pollard finished his 500th T20 match with exactly 10,000 runs? Go the red. Nice. How the fuck has he played 500 T20 games? Yeah, but that um, that OCD element is really good. Clean. Not to trivialise it, trivialise it. But uh, yeah, those, those numbers good. make me feel good. Do you reckon if you played 500 games, you'd get 10,000 runs? Any level? Yep. <laughs> Joffre Arch looks like he's out of the fuck off. <laughs> Joffre Arch reckons he's out of the so he reckons he's out of the IPL um, uh, with his elbow injury, and he's going to try and get back for playing for England. That's his main focus. England are actually in uh, Sri Lanka at the moment. But let's have a look at this scorecard. So they're playing a Sri Lanka um, eleven, and the England side are warming up before their Test series over there. Like England have literally played like twenty five guys. Like like they had a first innings hit, and like Stokes was batting ten. It's wrong. It's, it's weird. messy. Yeah, it's messy. Really messy. Yeah. Uh, what else is happening, mate? IPL starts next month. 
Uh, Saurav Ganguly has said that the IPL is on, uh, and I quote, with all precautions against coronavirus. So that's one thing that's going ahead. It was um, it was good to fist bump you this morning and um, just in, just giving coronavirus. And I, I actually want to clarify for the audience, a lot of people wrote in me DMs, they didn't really want to offend you, but um, they just wanted to clar- I just want to clarify to the audience that um, Ian Higgins, um, my co-host here, isn't related to Missy Higgins, um, nor is he related to <laughs> Missy Higgins' father, Chris Higgins, who is alleged to have been patient zero um, in the two-rack <laughs> coronavirus yeah. cluster. So... Um, yeah. To my knowledge, anyway. So, um, if you do see, he goes. Uh, he, he's he's not involved in that little cluster. Uh, to my no. knowledge, heaps of other illnesses uh, uh, and diseases, but uh, nothing mm. related to that. I used to tell people that she, uh, Missy Higgins was my cousin. Yeah, well, think about my last couple of weeks with Elise, and Katie. <laughs> I often think about that. Mm, just think about it. <laughs> Jesus, it's going to be self-referential, isn't it? Hey, mate, we had one of the great privileges of TJC's career, and we got to uh, head to the team hotel here in Sydney, and uh, we spoke to Peter Siddle and Nathan Lyon, um, specifically about the Ashes, and uh, we asked them all sorts of questions, and we had a special guest come in as well, so uh, stay tuned for that. It's all coming right up on the Great Cricket Podcast. I don't play cricket for results. I don't come to take wickets, score runs, or win games. I play cricket to look good. Rigs, chests, pipes, circuits, salads. This is my domain. So when I hit the sheds, I need to radiate success. That's why I use Chop King Cologne by TGC. With a blend of the finest handcrafted English willow and Kookaburra Red King leather, Chop King Cologne lets me radiate cricket. Whatever the ground, whatever the circuit. Chop King Cologne. The new fragrance for men by TGC. Reek of runs without hitting them. Well, this is a rare format for the TGC interview on this cast. I'm actually, well, he goes and I are actually sitting across from two of the greats of Australian cricket. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> There's one there. We'll get into that. Uh, on the media day ahead of the, uh, the Amazon doco um, that's premiering tonight, Peter Siddle and Nathan Lyon join us on The Great Cricketer. Gentlemen, welcome. Cheers, guys. Yeah, mm. thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Peter, you're obviously a veteran of the TJC cast. We've already asked you about your club cricket career. You've told us that you circuited a lot and you showered a lot. Um, that was essentially your memories from the early days. So I thought we'd throw to you, Nathan. You know, what's your relationship to grade cricket? You're obviously the GOAT now. Probably don't play any grade cricket. Probably don't even have a club. <laughs> no, I've got a club. That's, <laughs> umbrella that's coach a very good it. question, actually. <laughs> yeah. you what was it? Can you just start just from the early days and then just run us through to your relationship to it now? And, be, and please be honest. Um, yeah, so obviously p- grew up in Young. Um, so I, my grade cricket team... Um, was the young Hotel Dragons so it was um, when I was 14 finished the game and went straight down to the pub guys in footy shorts and, and durries at square legs so it's a little bit a little bit different to what uh, I'm playing now but then uh, to Canberra Western Districts um, yeah it was usually just uh, work all week play Saturday and straight to Mooseheads so it was um, nice so well people identify with that well, were, you, were you a gun like growing up I mean was it straight into ones get out of there as quickly as you can once you saw that, you know, great cricket's full of dysfunctional blokes and you just want to play pro cricket? Uh, I played one game of second grade. Uh, but, yeah, then moved up to first grade and 
in Canberra. So, what were your memories? Could you maybe couch what Canberra grade cricket is like? You know, what do you see? You know, you're a young man. You walk into the dressing rooms and and whatnot. What are you seeing around there? What are people talking about? What are you learning? Uh, what I saw my brother sitting across from me. So that's about it. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was obviously it was pretty exciting to play first grade. Come coming from young, I thought this was up there with the pinnacle. To be honest, uh, from as I said, bloke standing at square leg and you, you umpiring your own team to having two official umpires in grade cricket, it was, it was pretty a big step for me. So um, then playing on some decent wickets as well, which was uh, really good to see as well. So, but uh, the, the quality was still there, still got hit over cow corner. So there's, no, there's nothing really changed. Well, we'll obviously get into the quality of umpires in that league, but and we'll also get into Joel Wilson a little bit later as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's definitely coming. I mean, so you played one game of second grade. What did you do in that second grade game? Did you were you batting three? Take the new ball. Uh, I think I batted about four, uh, and first change. <laughs> first so change. Give me the ball, Skip. How old were you? Seventeen. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. A few years ago now. Had hair. Mm. Well, Sid, we, we we did speak about your. Um, Calling Sid, yeah. Well, you know, we're best friends now. Um, but uh, we spoke about your career earlier, but I mean, you're coming to the twilight of your career now. You obviously, now it's your retirement for the international game. You're looking forward to getting back to, you know, maybe captaining twos or threes uh, <laughs> down there in Victoria. No, I, look um, after the younger guys. I just recently retired from grade cricket. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Is this the, yeah. Is this the official announcement that you retired no, from? I, re- I retired from grade cricket before the international stuff, <laughs> so. Um, but, yeah, st- <laughs> still playing domestically, but grade cricket, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Um, it was just becoming a bit too much, though. So. Um, just stick to the serious stuff and uh, domestic cricket. But, um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a game one day down the track. Um, might even join Nathan. We might mm. go play a game for the young the young Dragons, young Hotel Dragons. Yeah, I'm sure the opposition are alive anymore. The Dragons are extinct. <laughs> I think they're done. Well, maybe not there. Maybe we might have to go to Canberra and, um, yeah. and see how we go. But, um, no, nah, still, still ticking along. Uh, I mean, we're here for the doco and, like, the kind of, Climax of the doco really relates to the ashes, right? Why are you laughing? Uh, we saw you in the hotel, Sids, before Lords. Can you remember that? You too? There's <laughs> <laughs> <I just> photos. <laughs> uh, it was after a late night, I apparently. remember. <laughs> um, and you were saying to us, like, off air, before the game, you were like, you know, even if we even if we just draw the series, you know, come on, I've, I've, this is my fourth time. I want to come home with the ashes. And you kind of, you obviously predicted it. Um... I guess my question is, you know, like there's a lot of a lot of people out there in Clubland who are like, yeah, but, you know, it was retained. It wasn't won. We retained it. Um, you know, how much regret is there that you clearly circuited for two days after Old Trafford <laughs> and just left yourself a bit short? <laughs> none, n- none at all, because <laughs> I'd it been was a good night. Wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> it was a great night out, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, three nights out. Um, but no, I think for me, I'd, it was my fourth Ashes tour um, over there, so I'd lost three previous, so. I was going to take anything I could get, so a retain, a retain in the urn um, is, is is as good as any. And I think it'd been 18 years since we'd done it. So on a serious note, um, yeah, it's one of the the biggest highlights of my whole career to be able to go over there. It's a tough place to bring the urn back, um, and we did. So um, obviously disappointment, yes, not to actually win it, but yeah, to retain it and something that hadn't been done in a long time was quite impressive. It's just like drawing the World Cup too, wasn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. That's a fair point. <laughs> said directly out the side of your mouth. <laughs> With a big giggle. But talk about um, Edgebass in that first test match. I mean, obviously, you guys have planned for so long to, to you know get to go into the Ashes um, to you know retain it or, or bring them home. 
first day, what are we, eight for 120? Sid, you come in, what'd you hit, 40? Yeah, 40. 40, 40 odd, yeah. 40 odd. Uh, you probably round up, 40, I think you got 44-ish, so 60 yeah, odd. So, yeah, so about 60, <laughs> <laughs> 65. <laughs> come in, big partnership with Steve Smith. Guys, you came in, 10th week of partnership, put 90 on as well, you get 280 on the board. I mean... And you sort of come, it's a come from behind victory, a famous victory for Australia at Edgebaston where England like never lose apparently, lost that game quite comfortably in the end. You took, guys, you took six wickets in the fourth innings. I mean, how, how close, how close were Australia to, you know, capitulating on, on day one when we were eight for 120 and the, and the series could have been over almost before it started as it turned out? I think it was the best position we could have been in for, for Gaz and I because we were going out there, we're like, it doesn't matter what happens here, boys. <laughs> we, we, we can go for a duck and it doesn't even look bad. Um, so it was actually easy batting conditions for us because we didn't have anything to lose and uh, it off wasn't, we went. It wasn't that easy for me because you got Smithy <laughs> close to 100, then you got out, so then I had to go out there and make sure he got 100. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Nath gets n- uh, nervous enough as it is, let alone when a bloke's on yeah, 88, I think, when I got out. So I was pretty yeah. devastated that I let yeah. Smithy down yeah. and just left it up to Nath. So Nath, you're, he comes to the crease, he's on 88. He's about to, well, that, that test match should now be called the Steve Smith test match. Um, like how nervous are you to get Steve Smith to 100? I mean, is he comeback test match as well, of course, after the bans? Uh, yeah, I was pretty nervous for that pure reason. Um, but uh, the best story about batting with Smudger that game was we just had Steve Waugh, the legend of Australian cricket, talk to the, us tail enders about working in 10-run partnership to really have this dig-deep attitude. Anyway, so Smithy's got his 100 and he did all that stuff. And uh, so I said to Smithy, we're up the two two thirty. If ten more, we get two forty. And like just working tens. And he goes, "Can we swear on this or what?" Yeah. He goes, uh, <laughs> Smithy looks at me. He goes, "Guys, shut the fuck up. Let me bat, and I'll get it up to three hundred. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "So I was just, yeah, cheers, cheers, Tugger." <laughs> we had a twenty minute meeting with Tugger about that too. <laughs> working in our ten run partnerships, Smithy didn't care. Good. Um, uh, I mean, just just on the ashes, Nathan. You know, must ask, and it's covered in the docu series. Still causes heartache to see it, but like, you know, fr- from a great cricket angle, I want to talk about um, you know what happened at Headingley, dropping the ball there. Now, I want to say, I want to put, put this out there like, on behalf of you. I know you can't say anything. But like, I, I actually think it kicks up a little bit. Sprinkle it. Can you believe that? Because well, yeah, I think come, 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 come his side arms yeah, it, and I think there's a bit of work throw. on it, and yeah. we don't see the angle right. But actually, shocking, shocking throw! Yeah. Hit, yeah. A, hit a sprinkler's head and kicked. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Warm, we weird place to put the sprinkler head, but it is. Yeah, terrible ground to play Test match cricket on. Mm. Headingly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to clarify that for those listening out yeah, there. Unbelievable. Yeah, is it? Oh, can you believe that? Like, oh, I could. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, couldn't believe it. I still couldn't. Still got the bruise on my chest. Yeah. Tim Breslin on in a previous show told us that he'd actually started a Joel Wilson uh, Appreciation Society. I think you know what I'm referring to here, but like, I, I just want just another question. Who's that? Both, yeah, exactly. Just on, on, on a scale um, <laughs> of one to ten, like one sort of being missing everything, ten being fucking you know salmon trout dead, balls going under. Um, where would you rank that LBW shout at Headingley? Sort of eleven, twelve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is hurting you. Yeah. <laughs> You're rubbing your head oh. and you're in pain. He's though. losing more hair. He's yeah. losing skin. No judgment. He, he actually cooked it because mm. he threw, burnt the review three balls before. Yeah. That's how he's, he's, he's pointing at Tim Payne who's flexing out the window. <laughs> <laughs> this is a completely normal Tuesday morning. Not, not figuratively. No, yeah, yeah. 
that's yeah. that's what he looked like at, uh, after three days after Old Trafford. But <laughs> <laughs> was there any point? I mean, I don't want to harp on the obviously the, the pain of Headingley, but I will. Um, you know, guys, you, you bowl the ball and um, Ben Stokes hits that reverse slog over cow corner. It's like it's one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. At that point, did you still think, nah, there's there's still miles away here. We'll, we'll get these. Oh, 100%. Like, you look at that game and take all the jokes aside, you've you got to give him credit. Like, yeah. The game should have never got down that deep, if we're being honest. We should have probably... Um, I think if you look at it, we probably tried too hard, and I think that can work in reverse. Um, and obviously, he went out there and played that inning, so give him credit. But um, I think England can also thank Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the highlights last night of the first test match and he's le- he was umpiring the first test match as well. He's legitimately had 10 overturned decisions. It's incredible. All the best to him, whatever he's doing now. Um, <laughs> opening his dry cleaning business or something. Um, Sid, let's, let's get on to... Let's get on to... <laughs> this is done, done Nathan Lyon there. Yeah. <laughs> Got him with the googly. Let's talk about uh, the following match, though, Old Trafford. It must have been the jubilation. Was it, uh, was it Josh Hazel took the final wicket, reviewed, celebrations. That must have just been just absolute just euphoria. We're going to go on a four-day bender here. I've just ex- extended it by one day as well. <laughs> and you did. I mean, can you talk about how that field, just the, the planning for months and years, probably going into this series. Since you, you might have even known that it might have been your last um, you know, series going into, um, in, into the Ashes. The euphoria of that last moment, can you describe it? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I think um, I was on the sidelines, obviously 12th during that test match, but just the excitement, like you ride every bump and yeah. everything on the on the sidelines because yeah. you want the boys, you, you want to win, you want the team to win. And you know, the ups and downs that we'd had, but um, yeah, to finally get that final decision, the roar, you see the, set, the boys on the field, the excitement of it all, and then even us on the sidelines, we're hugging. But then you see that then you got the coaches up in the, in the in the rooms there, jumping up and down, hugging, like so... I think all of it together, it shows, yeah, just how much it meant to not just the, the boys in the field, but everyone involved and and how big of an achievement it was. Like I said, 18 years, um, we, we, we'd struggled to retain it. So to be able to do it um, and, and, and the way that we went about that whole series, I think um, it capped it off. Nice well. You, got, you guys did do very well. I've got a, a, just a general question um, about rigs, um, just, to, just to both of you as well, just because that's a clean segue. Uh, like I don't want to make you uncomfortable, especially you, Gaz. But like I'd venture, you actually have quite a wonderful body for off-spin bowling, long levers, <laughs> durable, Sorry, yeah, durable, durable, but yeah. just length, long, lithe, yeah. long fingers, big fingers. As I look at them as well, um, thick, thick fingers. But you know, you're thick. <laughs> they actually are very thick fingers. I was trying to make yeah. it. Fuck. Uh, anyway, um, big gloves. Yeah. But by the same token, you know, like none of us in here are Shane Watson, are we? You know what I mean? Early, early days. No, we don't kick him. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about reviews. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of conjecture about whether Australian cricket is moving towards, like, like, moving away from like chests and pipes and more towards the lean, you know, vegan, um, mindful, earthing, holistic approach to health and body. Um, and so, so with that in mind, like where do you guys both stand on rigs, just philosophically, you know, starting with your own rigs? Um, followed by Australian Cricket's philosophy on rigs. Thanks. To be fair, if we're going on Stoinis, um rig team... Are we? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But if we, it, there's a lot of talk about the Stoinis rig team. Um, I think Gaz and I would probably be about fifth grade. It's <laughs> <laughs> moving away. I think we'd struggle for, for the Stoinis first grade. Um, so, yeah, I think we'd be playing on the hard wicket. 
<laughs> hard wicket 20, 20 over game just out in, out in the back fifth oval um, for us so yeah I don't think we'd be pushing for first team selection no I'm pretty happy though. Yeah, happy I'm, I'm not trying to get in the first 11 yeah you must be happy I mean thick fingers though as a spinner that's good yeah, when did own, you know you had very thick though, fingers too, too? I've got I'm my own budgies. And mate, so. This cast is proudly sponsored by budgies. I was going to say, they, yeah. these boys have got their own too. Yeah, have you got yeah. the nice yeah. Gary ones? Um, we've got some called... We've got two lines, actually. So <laughs> we've got all-time alphas and um, uh, Great Australian rigs. Yeah. So. Do you um, two own a pair of the Great Australian rigs? Or yeah, we're not on them. Oh, well, he guys could be, actually, to be fair. <laughs> he, got, he got down John to 4%, is not 4% even <laughs> for the season. Sorry? Jono's not even on the... We probably actually use a lot of their images um, um, illegally, so let's probably not talk about it. But... Um, <laughs> Let's broadcast it though. Should we get into some fan questions? Here goes. Uh, so, so we are, we asked fans for a couple of questions as well. Yeah, and let's just be honest. Yeah. So, so <laughs> let's be really yeah, clear. Ninety-seven percent. No, let's be clear. Ninety-seven percent of people on the internet uh, have got problems, um, and um, that ninety-seven percent of the questions were terrible. Some of them were disgraceful. Um, <coughs> the internet's really terrible. It's a toxic place. But we've got a couple of questions. Um, so I, I guess to the, I guess the first one I want to ask uh, is for, from Ollie Hubie. Um, Actually, no, I'm going to go... Yeah, no, no. Ollie Hubie, what are your thoughts on Australian men's cricket team heading towards a more, like, nerd-based selection? Um, compared, you know, the Labuschagne, etc. Um, compared with the usual jock-based culture we're used to, and where do you sit on the... Where do both of you sit on the nerd-jock spectrum? Um, I'm a well, nerd. I'd be a nerd. Mm. I'm not, not called... Obviously, don't have tips in my hair or anything like that, so... Mm. Anymore? Yeah, I did. But you did. <laughs> did. You got tips in the beard, though. Um, yeah, well, salt grace. and pepper. Salt and pepper. <laughs> Um, it's nice. Well, you you grow a nice beard for a follow challenge guy. Tips. No, do you know what it's gone <laughs> yeah. from? It's gone from the tips in the hair to Botox in the yes. team. Go on. So, yeah, with, yes. so in the in the batting group, mm. our captain Warner. Oh, yeah, he's, he's no, naming no, a yeah. show. No, it's going really good. Yeah. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. So it's gone to Botox, and uh, apparently I won't look good with Botox, so I'm not going to give it a run. What do, you, what do you mean you're not going to look good? Well, with Davey told me I wouldn't be able to do it, so I won't, I won't look good with I think you're a beautiful skin anyway. Yeah, no, nah, I'm happy with You're aging well. I am aging. Do you stand better. up to that, though? I mean, is there any sort of pushback and say, listen, guys, but c- can we avoid Botox in this team? But Or is it uh, well, it's, I'm not it's pandemic? Do it. I'm not going to do it, so... Yeah. Well, g- good thing now, our captain can't frown at us, so... Mm. <laughs> 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 you, n- you, n- you never know if he's angry, a- angry at you, so that's, uh, it is a positive. Uh, Going downhill quickly Um, All right, guys This one's for you Says Michael Shaw He says With the collapse of airline Collapse of the airline Flyby And the loss of up to 2,000 jobs Which has been partially attributed To the virus Does he think Coronavirus or himself Has ended more careers? (laughs) I don't even know How to answer this I'm going to go Corona. Yeah, possibly. Um, well, there's also another one here I got from uh, Darren Deeble who DM'd us and he said, regarding the GOAT being uh, on as a guest soon, please pass on to him that one of my happiest memories was from Afghanistan in 2011, <laughs> was returning from a patrol and seeing him get Pfeiffer on Dubu. Took my mind away from where I was. Oh. That's nice. He's doing some yeah, patrol work in nice Afghanistan. One. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for all the good work too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good Pfeiffer though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a few years ago now. Yeah. A few years ago now, but... Uh, didn't take long to get one. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. He's no worries. Any messages for you, Sids, from veterans like come in just saying you like thanks for thanks for that hat trick on your birthday or anything like that? Thanks for the forty four at Edge Baston. 
Nah, nah. nah. Took me about 80 hours to get my first one as well. So it took, <laughs> <laughs> took me a hell of a lot longer than it took Nate. Um, we've overstayed our welcome, clearly, although we are just warming up, I think. But, um, fellas, thanks for joining us on the show. I hope you feel like you've come through unscathed. Uh, pretty much, but you've been uh, you've been great company. Any final words, even you know, to, to your fans out there, all the people well, who asked, yeah, yeah the was, that's what I was about to say. I think yeah, we came through unscathed. I'm not so sure about the test captain. He's he's not my captain anymore, so it's um, I've got nothing to worry about. But well, um, let's just ask him. Here let, he comes. Ask, oh, here he is. Hang on, we got, that's a Tim Payne, the test I captain. Heard, I think it's a Tim Payne's just walked into the room. Who stitched me up? I just asked a very simple question to the gentleman about. Um, rig philosophy in Australian yep. cricket and whether yep. it's moving away from chess and pipes and more towards sort of mindful stuff and then no. um, it was alleged, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but it was alleged that there was a movement towards, um, you know, skin regimes and oh, yeah, certain absolutely. applications to yeah. skin that, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And well, so would you have any comment on that? Well, if it's come from Gaza, you can take a bit of tax off it. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to exaggerate a little bit, but I think he certainly... Ma- he, named a few, he named a few names. Yeah. That's all. It's 20th so. century. You've got to move with the times. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Look at that. Oil painting that. Yeah. Look good, play good, feel good. <laughs> Done. That's, that's the motto. <laughs> Got to go next door. See you, boys. Thanks, see you later. Okay. That's good. That's oh, a good end. <laughs> G'day, listeners. Louis Burke here with Generation Batuta, the stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share house. Open your ears and blow your minds as our weekly youth program brings you stories about pill testing, climate change, and a cheeky story about sex to make sure you listen until the end. I am. You are. We are. Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. Tune in now on Desert Rock FM, or if you don't live in Batuta, listen free, only on Spotify. Pez, the boys have done it again. Obviously, wonderful to be working with Batuta Advocate, and have done for the last couple of years. So they've been very good to us, and we in turn have tried to be good to them. They've got around us, and we in turn have got around them in a circular motion, chanting, boys, 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 lads, lads, lads. Generation Batuta, uh, an absolute must listen. It's most, good. Most important issues. In the nation, you heard yeah. Louis Burke speaking there before about what you can hear investigative reports, social issues, discussion via mm. the text line, interviews, experts, politicians, <laughs> and a ripping uh, banger from the most erect new artists. Uh, that's Generation Batuta. <laughs> hear new episodes of Generation Batuta each week only on Spotify. Here goes, as I mentioned earlier, we're recording here uh, in Bondi Junction. I don't know can why you keep we, telling me that. We we can see the beach, the wonderful Pacific Ocean from here. Yeah. And without doubt, there are people um, jaunting around that beach mm. in budgie smugglers. Almost definitely. Budgie smugglers do not go away through the winter, especially around Bondo Mate, Beach. I reckon they wear more, people wearing more because yeah. it's so good for footy. Yeah, that's right. And uh, on that point, NRL season is upon us. Rugby league is about to start, ladies and gentlemen. And, yep. you know, as a rule, another sports that actually dominate well, the country. Well, and also that ODI series against New Zealand. Good point. Mm. Rugby league season is about to start And if you do want custom smugglers Or smugglers with your team yep. I'm sure it applies to Aussie rules as well There's only one place to go Only one stop There's one stop shop mm. Budgiesmuggler.com.au That's right Rugby league season is upon us mm. And uh, what a season it's going to be Mate I feel like um, the. I mean yeah you're right They, they do already have um, branded uh, with, with the teams The mm. Budgie Smugglers But like I, I'm big into the customs Like that, that can be a great thing Like I'm thinking like Wouldn't a great pattern be like some Tina Turners, some Tina Turner smugglers? You're getting in my wheelhouse here. You know, he goes, I don't want to, um, you know, start 
crossing over too much, but there's a lot of rugby league chat happening through this winter. And <laughs> te- I'm telling you, search it. It's happening. It's a great, it's a, it's a, you know, you know, well, like sometimes we search for content with cricket oh, a little yeah. bit, but yeah. you, you go to any, yeah. any page covering rugby league, it, it's, there's too much content. Mm. You can cherry pick whatever you want. There's low hanging fruit, there's stuff you can mine a little bit more. Rugby league is the biggest content filled sport of all time. Man, a couple of weeks ago, I tried to put in uh, Bangladesh versus Zimbabwe into the agenda. So, you know, there's some, there's some, been some lean times. Don't worry about that. But there's never lean times with Budgie Smuggler at Budgie Smuggler. Dot com today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hashtag AskTGC. Now, there's so many hashtag AskTGCs coming, and this is obviously a huge show, Pez, so we have trimmed a little bit, but I appreciate all the questions that have come in. There's there's several thousand. There's, there's not mm. that many, but there's, there's, there's been a lot, and, and uh, the standard, wonderful. Mate, the stand, and the standard is raising yeah, every week. It mm. is a genuine pleasure to read them. Mm. Please keep writing them in. It's a, like, we're starting to get actually a little bit touched by them, a yeah. bit humbled yeah. by it. But uh, it, it, and I think it's fast becoming my favourite part of the show. Mm. And of the week. Um, okay, well, so I, we picked three out here, um, yeah. but uh, we'll get straight into it. Okay, Shane Nichols says, Gentlemen, I curate this with excitement whilst watching the, watching the final of the Women's World Cup as the heels and Noonshine are slapping them to all corners yet in need of some high-power affirmation. A close friend of mine whose name I shall conceal, but let's call uh, let him be called the cassowary is at his tether's end with this fickle game still seeking his father's approval he has previously represented our coat of arms at underage level and since endured an undulating journey with grey cricket the cassowary has enjoyed stints enjoyed stints as a rep shorts base selection and chop king of firsts however in recent times has been reduced to wearing colin funky miller-esque speed dealers whilst fizzing his leg break vipers in seconds Last weekend, he consoled in me, telling me it's all over at the age of 26. He sneaked off down leg side to the keeper for a goose egg. The cassowary proceeded to throw a tantrum a la Matthew Hayden 2003, smashing a glass door with his sword. He then gave, gave away the stick that was used, saying, this game is a fucking waste of my time. What I need from you, Pez, and he goes, is to be enablers. I have encouraged him to have a ceremonious Salem witch trial-esque burning at the stake of his, of his willow wonders after his final game, which may be this weekend result pending. Erase all memory of what was once and eliminate the chance of spending another second being groped within the clasp of this fickle sport. Can you please encourage this behaviour of the cassowary leaving his career in a smouldering scent of linseed oil? Oh, poetic. That was rich in language. <laughs> it was rich. Oh, I was rolling around in that the cassowary, yeah. the smouldering scent of linseed oil. Oh, happy to uh, happy to do that, and I'd encourage. I mean, this is look. This is what um, this reminds me of actually going bald. Funnily enough, because okay. like they often encourage you. If, you know, I went pretty early. I actually, actually sledged somebody at our grade club who was bald for being bald, and he just looked at me and he said, "It can go pretty quickly." You know? <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was like he put a curse on me because it was. <laughs> Gone fucking pretty yes. soon yeah. after, yeah. and uh, they encourage you to have like um, bald parties to celebrate it, you know, to own it, shave it off. I didn't do that; I just got rid of it and yeah. cried. But um, at sort of age 22, 23, had some good years. But anyway, um, Bill Burr said that. He said once you saw it going, just get the fuck out of there. Yeah, Don't get out of there. Get out of it. And it's the same with grade cricket. You know, <laughs> is it? Get all your bats in there. Yeah. A big seance, a big ritual. Call upon the gods of those who have left the oh, game that's before you. Violent and yeah. sexy, and uh, it's like uh, burning of the books. You yeah. know what I mean? Get rid yeah, of the history, but, stuff, but, yeah. but do it in mm. a positive way. You're mm. actually burning like your history, Nazis. not unlike. 
let me be clear, yeah. unlike, unlike the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying not at the same time. Yeah. Now, so I, I can only encourage this. If you want to get out of the game, well, now's the time you're going to be thinking about it, aren't mm-hmm. you? Don't think anymore mm-hmm. that you're going to hit 800 runs next year and hit, take 40 wickets and change nothing about the way you've actually played the game or approached the game. You're just going to be a year older and drink more and your body will be worse. Yep. Just accept that it's probably over and that <laughs> there breath. is a life beyond it. And the best way you can – it's like deleting the emails of your ex or whatever. Uh-huh. Erase it. Erase the history. Yeah. Um, Get all of your bats, all of it. Maybe, I don't know if you're allowed to actually combine the textures of gloves and stuff with bats. That might be a flammable issue, especially in this climate change world we live in. But mm. um, get all your Anything bats. Anything about carbon emissions. Yes, that's right. It's confusing time. But jump into the, I mean, I think every grade club mm-hmm. at the end of the season, as part of the se- like end of season presentation, should ask those who aren't coming back anymore to put their hands up, to walk out into the middle of the ground. Everybody brings their bat and they actually have a fire set, like a fire burning session, like burning of the books. It's like a fire sale, except there's no sale. Exactly. It's yeah. We're well, selling all of your runs. You know what I mean? For nothing because they I weren't like, many. Yeah. I like this. Rituals are important. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, mate, good. Mate, I like. Yeah. Now what you're saying yeah, is yeah, close, yeah, yeah. but started, it's not quite. Started yeah. something. Now, now I like the idea of um, you know how like yeah, people say all the time, I never play again. Yeah. I'm gonna pack my kid away, throw it into the depths of yeah. the of the of the cupboard. Yeah. Never see it again. I'm gonna put it in the boot of my car and not over it again. Now that's not enough because we all know you're gonna pick. You're gonna, oh, I miss miss the weight of the bat. What's mm. this two ten? Mm. You know you're gonna miss all that. You're gonna start shadow batting in the shower. You know walking down corridors like Steve Smith did during the ashes. That kind of stuff. What you need is you need to banish it completely. Remove it. It. Have you got, have you, or like, or the idea of that someone might, oh, you used to play cricket, can I borrow a bat? No, I burnt it. Exactly, it's I gone. I burnt it, it's gone. Yeah. It is no more. Deleted the it number. It exists no more. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Erase any temptation. It's like... Complete uh, erasure. And then, we, and then set up the rehabilitation centre that we have talked about. The Joe Wilson Institute. That's right. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Cassowary. It's over. <laughs> Whoever you are. What is a Cassowary. It's, it's like an emu, bird, isn't it? Yeah. A flightless bird? Right in. Let us know. You arrogant Aussie bastards. Chickens are considered flightless birds, but they've been known to fly up to 50 metres, and that's a separate issue for Can you eat a cassowary? Haven't uh, seen that at Coles. Right in. Right in. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, which balls New Zealanders use. <laughs> a non writes in. Anonymous. Dear TGC. I write as a member of a grade club in Redacted who is thinking of novel ways to rally the troops and get them ready for finals. It's finals time. With the first three grades all guaranteed finals places, the leadership group, this must be Victoria, has decided, (laughs) or an AFL state, the leadership group has decided to have a bring your dads to training session the week before (laughs) the first finals games. The aim behind this is to supposedly add some energy to the session and for the dads to give some inspirational speeches if you used to play ones. What I'd like to know is whether this is, colon, these will be the answers, one, (laughs) a masterstroke by the leadership team as when the players see their dads at training, it will mean they know finally they have their acceptance and will enter finals with carefree attitudes or... Two, an extreme risk that some of the best players' dads may not turn up and shatter their confidence, thus resulting in losing finals. But more importantly, the players losing all sense of worth, brackets, not that they had much anyway, close brackets. Thoughts? Okay, Pez, like the, the, the dads aren't turning up because they want to support their sons. They want to turn up because they used to play ones. Oh, yeah, here's how you play the game. I'm not, that's the, my identity is not as a father here. <laughs> 
I am the alpha in this zoo. I am top of the food chain. I'm an expert. I'm, I played once. I played once Side in 1954. No, yeah. Side mouth, no eye contact. Yeah, we didn't wear lids back then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've had a stroke. On or off the field. Oh, my God. See you, doctor. <laughs> there is an option three to this is as well. There? What if the fathers come along and it shatters the son's confidence who's just batting? I mean, the mere sight of some oh. for some people, the mere sight of your father yeah, watching sight. again with one eye, one eye sort of over your shoulder or whatever. Yeah. It's weird you can detect it from the crease, but you can. <laughs> um, I mean, you could have the you, you could have your first drop player who's been your big, you know your top run scorer all year, yeah. prolific, de- decimated the opposition mm. every time they come and play, just become an absolute nervous wreck. Mm. Sixth graders are coming in bowling in full whites. <laughs> Some people are coming in with civvies on, casual clothes. Civvies. What's well, wartime? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they can't play. I'm spooning him in the air straight up the chimney. Yeah, as they say. <laughs> I just hell. wanted to say Fucking that. hell. Straight up Fuck the chimney. Man, straight up the chimney. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to play again. Mate, nothing good from a, a collection of fathers, which is like a murder of crows, I feel yeah, like. But right. I don't know what the, what the adjective mm, is for it. Dysfunction. It's a dysfunction of dads. Mm. Turn up to training. No good can ever come of that. Like, like they're all going to be flat, and also like in that, in no that good can come of it. <laughs> <laughs> burn the books, burn the sticks, burn the nets, <sighs> mate. Oh, I, they're not. Yeah, you're rattled. I am rattled. Yeah. It's made me weird because if my mm. dad turned up with a whole bunch of other dads to training, I wouldn't like that. Mm. I always be concerned the the social dynamics of the fathers themselves. Yeah, well, men of that generation, exactly. Fucking Gen X is knocking about. No, talk. thank you. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I participated in a really good podcast by Movember oh, yeah. about um, um, called Dad in Progress. If you are a new dad and you genuinely want to know, you want some real talk about it and none of this, uh, you know, judgmental, preachy stuff, listen to it. It's quite good. So just a pretty hard segue there. Um, finally, here goes, let's finish off. Yeah, let's finish it off. I know it's been a big show, but it's been a great show. Um, and this, Has it? Okay. This, <laughs> this, 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 this wraps up uh, one of the great... Ask TGCs, and this is some dream analysis. This is from Theo Hiscott. He says, hashtag Ask TGCs. Hey, guys, on the advice of my girlfriend, I'm getting in touch for some dream analysis. Last week, I spent a weekend at home with my family. A friend of ours is currently pregnant and expecting soon, which brought up the inevitable conversation from my mum, interrogating my girlfriend of three years on what we would name our children. Avoiding the question initially, a few days later, we threw around names that we liked and decided on the name Alistair for a boy. That night, I had a dream which made me question my sanity and the future, future fathering ability. In this dream, I was a dad of, our, of a newly born boy. While feeling very proud of Alistair, I went to play cricket the day after his birth with my girlfriend and child still in hospital. So I'm out in the middle facing up. I don't remember how I was, I was then out and in the changing room. Still in full kit, I walked out to watch the game only to see no batsman replacing me. An ambulance then turned up and parked on the boundary. <laughs> So I'm laughing because I've read this before. Out of it walked my girlfriend holding Alistair. While still holding my newborn child, she expressionlessly walked to the crease in no kit with no bat and wearing only blue hospital scrubs. Disorientated and confused, I then see the bowler run in and bowl a fast bouncer as she sways out of the way, the ball missing Alistair and being caught by the keeper. I then start screaming and try to run onto the... Run onto the bitch to stop what was going on, but my pads weigh me down and I'm stuck watching. The last thing I remember is the scorer sitting next to me saying, Cookie is looking good today. (laughs) (laughs) Cookie is looking good today. When I woke up sweating and hyperventilating, I woke my girlfriend to 
to explain my dream. She pauses for a second, making direct eye contact and says, you played cricket the day after I gave birth? I don't think Alistair is happening anytime soon and rolls back over to sleep. That's a 22-year-old who is not looking to have a child anytime soon. This didn't, this didn't bother me, but how this came into my head did. Please help decipher any part of this dream and feel free to make assumptions about my personality, mental state, and the future of my relationship. Cheers, Theo. Oh, I'm sweating. Oh, I have to, me. like, uh, I've read this in the cab very early this morning, or the Uber, and uh, I, like... Burst out laughing at the line that said the scorer sitting next to me as the partner sways out of the way with, with the kid. The scorer says, Cookie's looking good today. <laughs> he can't get on the field oh, because just, his pads are waking down. Casual nature. Oh, uh, man. There's so, like, just imagine the trauma of not being able to get onto the field to, to oh. protect his young family. Pads weighing him down. You can't. His partner's gone out to bat with no stick. Uh, and the scorer just casually saying, "Geez, Cookie's looking good today." That's <laughs> what's Alistair Cook. It's Alistair Cook exactly. Now, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a like. Obviously, it's sure, abstract sure, dream, sure, but cool. it's it's like it's quite literal. It's not really a lot of metaphors. It's just a combination of talking about having children and then yeah. how that feeds into cricket. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I tell you what, like. It really is the, the you know the, the mother getting out of the way of bumpers early on as well. So maybe it's just a premonition, you yeah. know, of, of, of how life will be, and you want to get on and save it. And again, you know, if you want to listen to the Movember podcast about how to deal with being a, a new dad, yeah, please do. I mean, Theo, that's that's gone into the Hall of Fame. That one, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm sweating. Um, I don't know. I, I think Theo's written in before. I feel like I've read his name before. Anyway, mm-hmm. great stuff. I uh, appreciate everyone who's written in, not just people who read uh, questions out from today, but all people who have written into mm-hmm. the DMs and the email and all that kind of stuff. Thank you very much to Elisa Healy and CA for organising that interview, for coming onto the show, and she's obviously extremely hungover, celebrating her fifth World Cup win. Thank you very much to Peter Siddle, to Nathan Lyon, and also for Tim Payne for just the popping in and all those things that were said in that weird 20 minutes or so. Mm, it came out of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah look, look for some Fox Sports headlines, mm. almost definitely out of that. Uh, thanks as ever for tuning into this podcast on the, uh, what is it, the 10th of March. Jesus Christ. Thank you as ever for people listening, and we'll see you next week. Look good, play good, feel good.